Nation. Ladies and gentlemen of Lafayette. The Hammered Down Show with Jared Jesolitis is Lafayette's number one sports show. Yes, I'm excited. He totally went to Jared. The voice of Lafayette sports. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Send us your thoughts on the text line at 765-447-4080. Now go to that voodoo that you do. Josh Strasser, both on the program with us today. I have another pair of tickets for you, right? We got three home games left in Purdue football. I got another pair for Ohio State this Saturday. I want you to go. You're going to text in for your chance to win. All right, new keyword, though. Let's go Holy Toledo. Text me Holy Toledo to 765-448-652. No, what am I doing? Wrong station. 765-447-4080. 765-447-4080. Holy Toledo to 765-447-4080. I got a pair of tickets right here for you to go to Saturday's game against Ohio State. Holy Toledo. Text it, 765-447-4080. I'm going to get you your chance to win right there. Pair of tickets before the end or right when the show goes off the air here. Uh, if you want to win them. You got to text in. Holy Toledo. Let's go. (laughs) All right. I am super excited. Let's get started. It is time for Need to Know. Whoa. Somebody's messed with all my buttons. Hold on a second here. It is time for today's Need to Know News. Here's your Need to Know News. All right. Let's get started with, uh, let's see here. How about Connor Bedard yesterday? Got an assist in his NHL debut. The Hawks come back. Uh, to beat the Penguins 4-2. Chicago down 2-0 in this one. Early scored four unanswered. Bedard also picked up five shots in this first game. Mrazic with 38 saves. A quick turnaround for them tonight as they have to head up to Boston. Take on those jerks, the Bruins, for their opener tonight. That's rough, man, having to do back-to-back opening nights for other teams. Tough sledding. Speaking of tough sledding, poor Anthony Richardson, man. He's on IR. He's going to be out four to eight weeks, according to Stephen Holder of ESPN. He uh, had an AC joint sprain in Sunday's win over the Titans. Uh, The Colts have sent him to basically every kind of doctor possible to try to figure out what they need to do. No timeline for his return. But he's definitely had at least four games if he's on the IR. So in... Forgive me, because I probably should have looked this up over the next four weeks, what their schedule is. Uh, But yeah, he's going to miss the Jaguars this Sunday. Then at home against the Browns, at home against the Saints, and at the Panthers. Do not know if he would be able to make it back in time for the international game in Germany against the Patriots. That's the following week. 
You hope he's back by Thanksgiving weekend against the Buccaneers. That's what you're looking at. And that's the run there, too, which is admittedly not great. So that's where they're at. (laughs) Uh, The Bears got some good news today, sort of. Uh, DJ Moore is your NFC player of the week. Well, he's been good the last few weeks, hasn't he? About time he got recognized. Moore caught eight passes, 230 yards, three touchdowns to Chicago's win over Washington. First time Moore had gone over 200 yards or caught three touchdowns in a single game. NBA preseason last night, the Pacers went down to Houston, lose 122-103. to Dylan Brooks for Houston was ejected after just five minutes after he hit Daniel Tease in the crotch. Coming off a screen, Pacers 0-2 in the preseason so far. We touched on it yesterday, but uh, Purdue men's golf with the victory yesterday. They were down to Illinois State by 10 shots with about nine holes left to play. And they surged. Come back to win the Purdue Fall invite on Ackerman Allen. They won it by a stroke. The victory the second of the season. And that's two team titles in the fall season for the first time since 2015-2016. Herman Seckney still very good. Two, uh, two Eagles on that last round. That's his third top five finish in the fall. Placing third with a seven under par. That is 11 career top five finishes in just 32 events. I'll say it again. 11 top fives in 32 events. Moved into a tie for fourth in career top tens with 16. He has eight rounds in the 60s already this season, which ranks tied sixth in a season in school history. And he's still got all of spring left. Uh, Since the start of last year, 22 of his 43 rounds have been played in the 60s. He's lowered his stroke average to uh, 69.21 strokes per round this season. Good for him. I know I said it yesterday because I thought it was Wednesday, and I didn't even realize it wasn't Wednesday until I got home, but volleyball does play tonight in Bloomington at 6 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. Winner gets the moan on, Spike. Uh, Boys soccer regionals start tonight with Harrison taking on Carroll. West Lafayette takes on Ileana Christian. And there you go. That is today's need to know news boy we did good again last night on the hockey opening night for hockey we went three for three on uh on those um shot uh shot picks right the over two and a half so we went three for three there and then we went what two out of three on the uh on the goalie props and we had soros too They took two shots away from him. Killing me, Smalls. We're going to get back after it again here tonight. A lot of books still getting you these uh, 50% boosts tonight. Who do we like? Zach Hyman tonight. Oilers are always going to put up goals. Vancouver's worst position is white ring. Hyman is set at two and a half. He's hitting five straight to end the season last year. 63% of all of his games were on Zach Hyman over two and a half. Cole Caulfield over two and a half burnt me so many times last year. So he owes me. 
He hit this in 68% of all games last season, 11 of his last 15. He had five shots on goal in his only game versus Toronto as well. We're getting him at two and a half here. Kevin uh, Fiala is also at two and a half for the Kings. He hit in 79% of all home games last year, 26 of his last 30. Two and a half? Oh, we're loading up on that one. So Fiala, Hyman, Cole Caulfield, all going over two and a half tonight. I parlayed that. Where did I? I parlayed. FanDuel had a 50% boost that I was able to use on that. So I parlayed all of that. I believe that got me into like the uh, 300s. Got me to 232. The 50% profit boost got me to 348. So that's how I'm running that tonight. So those are the plays tonight. I wish I had a little bit more time to uh, lock in everything, but uh, I did not. Uh, Our buddies over DraftKings do have a baseball no-sweat same-game parlay for you, too, if you want to get in on that. Uh, They also have a a gift boost here tonight on hockey. It's uh, a goal in the first 10. Gift. Goal in first 10 between Chicago and Boston. That is boosted to even money. I like that one there. That's not bad. I'll go ahead and slap a unit down on that one. And then, of course, tomorrow night we'll have Thursday night football between the Broncos and the Chiefs and a 50% boost for that. There's also, uh, you can also get in the college football's game of the week that they've got there. 50% profit boost for the uh, Oregon game, Oregon-Washington. Well, that's going to be a dandy there, too. So, yes, already starting to think about the weekend, but we got hockey to get through tonight first. All right. Okay, uh, like I said, good show here today. Uh, we still have uh, Coach Josh Strasser coming up next. Also, Coach Terry Peebles on the way today. As we'll talk some high school football with them. Stick around. And don't forget, hey, Holy Toledo. Text Holy Toledo to me at 765-447-4080. Purdue Ohio State football tickets. I got a pair to give away here again. So text me Holy Toledo to 765-447-4080. And we'll get you your chance to win those tickets during the show here. But uh, Coach Josh Strasser, next here on 1017 The Hammer, 1017 The Hammer. Welcome back. It is The Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. I am Jared Jessalitis. All right, let's uh, get into it here to the Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Coach Josh Strasser, McCutcheon Mavericks. Another win for them uh, last week, hosting Tech 44 to 7. Uh, they will roll into the last week to take on Marion. A win there would mean that they would finish second in the NCC in what is technically the last year in the NCC. And that would be a pretty darn good jump from year one to year two for this guy, Josh Strasser. Coach, congratulations. Hey, uh, another big victory there, 44-7. to um, Just just look at the box score and everything, too. seems like you know guys were efficient, guys were on it. You got that running clock going there. Get in, bag it, get out, and uh, you roll on to the last week here. Let's go back to that Arsenal game and uh, tell me about the things you really liked about uh, your team's performance last week. Well, number one, we came out of it healthy. Um, I, and, you know, we checked the box off being able to, you know, celebrate our seniors on Friday night. And that, that's always an important time when, when you got a got a game that goes the way that it does and you can make sure that all of your seniors get playing time, and it's important for them and their parents. Um, you know, it always it doesn't always work out that way, but we were able to get a lot of a lot of guys in, uh, a lot of rotation. We had a couple a uh, couple first time varsity touchdowns. Uh, Marcos Pineda and Braxton Leon got their first varsity scores. 
that's always an exciting time when those guys get their their first uh, touchdowns on Friday night, uh, motivate them. Um, so yeah, you know, it, it was a game that you know we we challenged our team after the the two previous games we had had um, and, and came out and, and took care of business, and, and we didn't have a letdown. And that's a challenge when you come off a couple of big wins and then you turn around you have an 0-7 team. Uh, that, that, that is a challenge for teams. Uh, and our, our, our team hadn't been in that situation for a while. And uh, I was very proud of them, how they came out uh, aggressive and motivated. And, uh, you know, we, we established our, our defense right away. And uh, offense had a couple first times uh, the one-possession scores. And, uh, you know, we got the clock run second half and on to week nine. You know, you guys came out of the gate here. It was a uh, it was a one and three record. So you, you come off losing the sword game at Harrison. Now four straight wins for you guys. Uh, what's it been like? What's what's that difference been like from the first four weeks to those second four weeks here, uh, both in practice, uh, your prep and everything, too? Kind of talk about turning that around from the slow start into what you guys got now. How did you get there, and what are the big differences that you're seeing now? Well, you know, just it, it affirms everything that our coaching staff has been doing since the summer. And uh, it's always nice to be validated. Uh, and, you know, it, it's really hard to get that validation without, without that scoreboard. And so, you know, our, our kids were, you know, they were starting to believe. They saw the progress we were making. You know, we made progress last year. We made progress at the start of the year. You know, we were really close with Garen and, and Westside and several opportunities there. I felt the game could have been a little bit closer, closer in a couple situations. Uh, they, they saw some progress against Harrison, and then, um, you know, and, and we just put it all together. And so, you know, it's fun to see the light bulb go off. It's fun to see that the kids understand the why and what we're doing. And uh, now they're just uh, – now the, the unity has just been tremendous and – they understand if things aren't going well, what they need to do to pick it up, and that—that's um, that. When you start getting a player-led team, that's where teams get really dangerous, and we're starting to see that right now. We're talking with Josh Rosser here on the Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline, uh, going over to Marion here on Friday night, seven o'clock, uh, to uh, take on the Giants, who uh, have lost their last four, but. Uh, you don't want to take any opponents lightly, uh, especially in this very last week before you hit uh, the sectional break here. Talk a little bit about the Marion Giants. What have you seen, and uh, what concerns you ahead of this matchup? Well, Marion's got some playmakers on offense, and they've been scoring some points. It's not like they've been shut out a lot. Um, you know, Harrison beat them 35-7. Uh, you know, Kokomo, uh, you know, they scored 20 points on Kokomo. Uh, they scored a touchdown on Jeff. So, you know, this is a team that we, we know that, you know, especially if there's a chance of weather getting in the way, that, uh, you know, a team that can get first downs, they got an athletic quarterback that is going to keep your defense honest, they can get first downs, and they've got athletes that, that can take it to the house in a hurry. So we have to come out and be very good and disciplined and all the things that we've been emphasizing in the past few weeks and be efficient offensively. Well, after this one, Coach, it's the bye week because you guys have a four-team sectional, which, you know, we won't look – I know the coach speak. We don't look forward to uh, those games. Uh, we're focused on Marion right now, so I won't even ask. But uh, how, how do you attack this bye week? Uh, what has your experience been like in uh, going into this bye? Uh, what works for you guys? What do you think doesn't work for you guys? Uh, what have you learned about how to practice and what to do scheduling-wise, uh, especially when it runs into uh, to the fall break as well? 
Yeah, and uh, it does time up well with the fall break, so it is a nice excuse. You can give your kids a little bit of time off. Uh, you know, they are kids. They are teenagers. They see everybody else going out of town and all that kind of thing, and you know, we're not in a situation we're going to allow our kids to be heading to Florida for the weekend. Uh, but you know, we do allow them some extra time. Uh, so we'll give them Monday off. We'll bring them in later on Tuesday. And then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, have, uh, we'll have a night practice, uh, get underneath the lights, since we're not going to be able to do that on Friday night. Uh, we'll have a quicker practice on Friday, and then we're going to get out and watch some football on Friday night. Sounds like a lot of fun. What are you going to do with time off, buddy? I mean, uh, you know, we talk about the kids and uh, keeping, the, you know, getting them refocused, everything too. I mean, your wife's going to figure out you got a couple of days off here. How are you going to handle that? My wife understands the season isn't over yet, so uh, there, there's no no time for time off right now. <laughs> <laughs> the consummate professional. That's what I love about this guy, Coach Josh Strasser. Again, they're going to take on uh, Marion on uh, Friday night. They'll have next week off, and then uh, they're going to take on Decatur Central, which I believe is going to be a game that you'll hear right here on 101.7 The Hammer. So uh, very excited about that uh, sectional as well. Coach Josh Strasser, McCutcheon Mavericks, best of luck this Friday. And you make you, I'm talking about you, you stay out of trouble off that fall break, all right? I know what happens to get you out of routine, so. Yeah, the I think the only chance of trouble is with my wife if I'm not uh, <laughs> checking off that honeydew list. So, uh, I, you got if nobody's happy, uh, you're, if mom's not happy, nobody's happy. So we get, we got to keep mom happy. <laughs> Good luck with that, buddy. Thanks so much. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. Over on the Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Uh, we have Coach Terry Peebles, Harrison Raiders, a 43-7 to victory over Logansport last week, has guaranteed them uh, right uh, at least a share of the NCC title, although uh, unless uh, Richmond's going to get some uh, new players out there, no disrespect, but I mean, uh, uh, this is probably going Harrison's way all the way here. Coach, congratulations on at least nabbing a share uh, last week, another solid performance, 43-7. to uh, I know that was probably a little bit closer than you liked in the first half, but it seems like you guys put your foot down uh, in the second half and were able to cruise that victory last week. Yeah, we played uh, we played uh, pretty well at times. You know, in the first half, I think we were just maybe a little lackadaisical on uh, on defense. We were playing a little bit high, um, but in the second half, we came out played a lot lower. We're, we're, we're tackling guys, you know, at, at the at the hip and at the thigh board the way they're supposed to and. Uh, really appreciated their effort in the second half, and and for them to earn their third straight conference championship is a uh, is a big deal. It's a testament to you know how hard they've worked over the last you know really seven or eight years that they've been in the program. Most of them, and uh, a, a little bit satisfying too, knowing this is supposed to be the last year where you technically will win. Uh, you know because you're, you're going to be eligible for the uh, for the season there to win the title. I mean that adds a little bit of uh, extra flavor to it, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. So if we can win this week, uh, you know, we can wear one of those shirts in 20 years. It says undefeated in the NCC since, <laughs> you know, 2019 or whatever. Whose <laughs> wives are going to let that thing sit in there for 20 years? Absolutely not going to happen. Uh, and if they do, please uh, go back in time and tell my wife how to be able to do that. But, uh, yeah, you know, it, we all know that situation. You're able to get the sweat over Logan Sport. You move on to uh, this game in Richmond. Um, you know, being what it is, I know that this is not uh, an outstanding Richmond team. You know, the one win was uh, over Tech. Uh, they just they they have not been a, a good program over the last several years. It is what it is. But 
You know, you come into a matchup where you you, you know you figure you're going to be pretty dominant, probably going to be able to get this as a running clock early, coach. But then you also have this bye week next week because of uh, the four team sectional. How do you manage that workload there? I and mean, you don't want to get anybody hurt, granted, but you know how how do you manage that workload knowing that you know you're not going to get any reps next week? Well, I think it, it actually works out really well for us. Uh, we have fall break. Uh, that starts this Friday. So we'll go over to Richmond. We'll get back pretty late at night. I would assume somewhere between midnight, one o'clock in the morning. And, uh, we'll give them Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday off. Uh, you know, they're off of school. Uh, we have the bye week there. So we'll get back to, uh, to practicing on Wednesday and Thursday. And those will be heavy duty practices where we'll do some live tackling against each other, which we usually do not do during the school year, uh, or during the regular season, excuse me. And then uh, the following week, we can come back with the regular work week where we uh, start working on on Monday, and and uh, you know hopefully we're we're ready to go by Friday. Is that how you've normally done it? You you kind of give them that uh, bye week off the front end, and come back and hit it hard, or is that something that you've uh, adjusted over the years? If you have adjusted it, uh, what's the reasoning behind that? Well, it's it's it, we're it depends on the schedule. Uh, we've had a fall break where we're off on Friday and Monday. We've had this year we're off on a Monday, Tuesday. So it really just kind of depends on what the, what the school schedule is more than the football schedule. Uh, generally, if we have school, we are going to have practice. Uh, in, unless it's a Friday of bye week, we'll give them that, that Friday off and they can go watch a, uh, a high school game here in the area, uh, from, you know, the class 1A through 4A that are playing. So, um, so yeah, you shift it a little bit, uh, just depending on the school schedule, and then whatever you've been successful with in the past. And you know, we've had some we've had some good years where we won the sectional championship, and we've had three rough years where we've been bounced in the first round. So you know, we've we know we're going to be playing a, a really really good playing field team that already beat us once this year. So uh, we're going to have to put a lot of work in in, in those two weeks. That should be that would always just be scary for me because you know I know fifteen, sixteen, seventeen year old boys you take them out of a routine that they've been in for you know what uh, almost three months now and then you kind of break it and try to snap them back in. I can't imagine that's the easiest thing to do, is it? No, it's 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 not it's not the world's greatest scenario to be honest with you because they really are creatures of habit uh, and they do whether they say it or not. You know they respond a lot better when there is a routine. So. Uh, we're gonna have one week that's a little wonky because there's no game and there's less practices, but but hopefully uh, that that second week of uh, the playoffs, which is our first game, we'll have as as normal a week as we have during the during the regular season. So so ho- hopefully things work out. And uh, the good news is uh, we're pretty healthy right now. Uh, hopefully we can stay healthy through Friday night and uh, and be at full strength when we uh, when we play Plainfield. Well then, I guess the my next logical question is because I have an idea of what uh, those boys will do with their time off. What are you going to do with the time off with the rest of the coaches? What do you got on the plans? You know, I I don't know during the during the uh, I love to play golf in the off season, but you know when August first hits, I kind of put the the sticks away, and you know I I would assume I'll just watch a lot of football. Uh, you know, my, those are kind of my two hobbies that I. I like golf and I like football, but during football season, it's all football. So, um, you know, unless my wife has other plans, which <laughs> if, she, if she's got plans, you know, if she wants to go to Chicago or up, uh, you know, to Michigan for a day or two, 
or down to Indianapolis to see my family. Uh, if, if she decides that we're going to do that, then that's what we're going to do. Hey, there's always a top golf right down the street from the Ikea if you got to go down to Indianapolis. That's what I always say. So I uh, just keep yeah, that's mind. right. And Portillo's. I love that Portillo's right across <laughs> the street, too. So. Coach Terry Peebles, Harrison Raiders again. Uh, they'll take the long bus right out to Richmond on Friday by week next week. And then they'll uh, deja vu. They will host Plainfield again uh, in two weeks in the first round of the sectional for 5A. Coach, hey, it's always a pleasure talking football with you. Be safe on that long bus drive and uh, enjoy the off week. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Big thank you there to Coach Peebles. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer. Don't forget your chance to win Purdue Ohio State football tickets from me. This hour, text Holy Toledo to 765-447-4080. The number again is 765-447-4080. And you can win tickets to that game on Saturday. Kind of some breaking news that we were anticipating today. We knew this was going to happen, that um, the NCAA was going to come down with its uh, punishment for Kansas men's basketball. This is all coming out of everything from that 2017 FBI investigation. So their independent resolution panel, which finally got around to this, came up with exactly what you think they were going to come up with. A watered-down punishment that doesn't do a daggone thing. So the Jayhawks were placed on three years probation, They'll have to vacate their 2018 Final Four appearance and then wins from that season that uh, Silvio DeSosa did participate in. No postseason ban. Self and assistant coach Curtis Townsend will face no further suspension. They are already, the school imposed a four-game suspension for them uh, at the beginning of the season. They will miss NC Central, Manhattan, Kentucky and Chaminade. Oh boy, how are they going to win? Chaminade without Bill Self. Please. The panel found that two level two violations, two level three violations for the school, one level two violation and uh, one level three violation for Townsend and one level three violation for Self. The school was originally accused of five level one violations. And somehow, all five of those were investigated and everybody goes, well, not so fast. These are level twos and threes. Vacating wins and vacating final four appearances makes very little sense to me. That's not a punishment. You played those games. Right? Oh, you're you're no longer the winningest program in NCAA history that goes back to Kentucky. Oh, big whoop. No postseason ban. No monetary punishment. If you want to punish these programs, take the money away. Yeah, no, they they don't get to, to hang a Final Four banner in the rafters. That's fine. You know what they do get to keep, though? All the money from that appearance. Take the money, too. It's the only way they learn. If you keep on watering down this self stuff 
and letting coaches like you know Harbaugh dictate their terms. Yeah, no, I'll miss the first two games. That's fine. Not a big deal. These aren't punishments. These are not guardrails. These are not uh, threats that will scare these people straight. And it's constantly the same people and the same programs because you never do anything. I'm not sitting here saying you've got to impose the death penalty, but you can't tell me that Kansas, being one of the bigger money generators for NCAA basketball, didn't get some preferential treatment in this. School imposed uh, recruiting restrictions, including the reduction of four official visits last year and this year, and a reduction in three total scholarships over three years. Well, we all know with NIL, that's that's basically a, a, a nothing burger, right? A six-week ban on recruiting communications and unofficial visits. <laughs> when is that? Already during off periods anyway? Is it six consecutive weeks? Or are you just picking out like, hey, we're not going to do it over Christmas week. We're not doing it over Thanksgiving week. Like, are you just kind of picking them where you weren't doing anything anyway? This is just, I'm not surprised. You shouldn't be surprised. If you forgot how we got here, 2017, the FBI, they had the whole investigation. Former Adidas executive was accused of working with Adidas consultants to facilitate $90,000 from the shoe brand uh, to a couple of different players. And a little pay-for-play scheme to attend... Uh, a couple of different places. This is apparently an open thing. People knew about this. NCAA also included allegations uh, that uh, this executive also provided $15,000 to an unidentified individual to give to DeAndre Ayton's mother so that he would sign with Arizona. That's how we got to all of this. And nobody's getting nobody's getting punished from this. Except for the Adidas what the Adidas guy caught some time, didn't he? I mean I know the NCAA is is toothless. And and they won't do anything, but I mean if you you have a bag man, you had the FBI involved. And you still can't do anything? I, where is where is the detriment to cheating? Besides being able to look yourself in the mirror at night and and, and sleep. It's just it's it's nowhere to be found. So yeah, I, I'm not surprised. I mean, nothing happens. Louisville was implicated. Arizona was implicated. LSU was implicated. NC State was implicated. Five years later, this is where we're at. Nothing happens. What's the point? (laughs) 
What's the point at this point? We're going to take our final break. Look, I want to send you to Purdue, Ohio State football this Saturday. Text Holy Toledo, 765-447-4080. That's the keyword, Holy Toledo. Text it on in to 765-447-4080. I am going to get you your chance to... Uh, I, did somebody text the boiler up? I might have said boiler up because I wasn't paying attention. I'll still count it. You're good. Text in for your chance to win those football tickets. We'll draw out a winner here as soon as I go off the air in uh, about 15 minutes or so. So if you want in, this is uh, about your last chance. Holy Toledo. Text that to me. 765-447-4080. We're coming back with the things we may have missed and wrapping up the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer. 1017 The Hammer. Welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. I'm Jared Jessalitis. Don't forget, text Holy Toledo to 765-447-4080. That's 765-447-4080. Holy Toledo, that's your chance to win Purdue Ohio State football tickets for this Saturday. Let's see some stat early. Like only three teams have beaten Ohio State five times since like 2000. It's like Penn State, Michigan, and us. Yeah, definitely talking spoiler maker stuff. Next week. Or this week, sorry. This Saturday. There'll be a lot of that. Speaking of which, you know how I like to. You know I like to get in on these uh, these gambling trends. Since uh, Iowa State is taking on Cincinnati, I got sent the stat today. Listen to this. Iowa State has gone under 21 straight times since 2017 when they are a dog of less than seven points. The games have gone under by an average of 16 and a half points. Are you kidding me? Five years. And that's, oh my gosh, how many games is this? I mean, this is almost like 20 games that they've managed to do that. How? 21 straight, I'm sorry, the 21 straight times since 2017. They are a dog of less than seven points. They go under 16 and a half points on average. They're plus five. Plus five. Hit the under. Iowa State and Cincinnati. What a weird stat. All right, tomorrow night, the uh, Chiefs will be taking on the Broncos. You'll hear that right here on 1017 The Hammer, of course. But familiar name might not be on the airwaves. Chiefs are listing Travis Kelsey, Tommy Townsend, and George Karloftis now as questionable. Uh, for the Chiefs tomorrow night. I have not seen exactly what his issue could be. I just saw the Adam Scheffner report. I don't know if they've posted uh, their injury. They just say questionable. It does not give a reason as to why. Maybe it is out there someplace. I'd have to figure it out. But I uh, maybe know George Karloftis tomorrow. We'll have to watch out for that. Um, you know, folks... Well, like to complain about Purdue football, Purdue basketball. They're just, they're built like that. They like to do that. And, you know, I'll admit football not off to the start that you'd hope for this season, but maybe not as bad as pit football. 
You know, Pitt football is uh, a, a, a team that's had, boy, a lot of good years. Fallen on a little bit of hard times this year. They're 1-4. and four. They've lost their last war. Their lone win is against Wolford. You know those guys even play football. They're going to host Louisville Saturday night. Probably not going to go well for them. They are already an underdog of uh, seven and a half. They don't know what they're doing at quarterback. Their head coach is, uh, he's something. But they introduced something that will hopefully clear this whole thing up. And it will make you feel better about being a Purdue fan. There is a vase. There is a blue stand. It's a pit-branded little stand thing here when you walk in the facility with a regular-sized blue vase. And that is where you are supposed to put your negative thoughts in. And, you know, you leave them in the vase. That's, that, that's the gimmick. Hold on a second. That is my hand hitting my face because that has got to be one of the dumbest things I have ever heard in my life. What is that? Leave your negative thoughts in the vase? First off, you can't even write anything in. It's purely symbolic when you walk past it, I guess. But what are you doing? This is Pat Narduzzi... I've seen a lot of gimmicks. This ain't it, buddy. What is this? Is this like a suggestion box? <laughs> you just write it out, you put it in there. I don't want to know what some of those negative thoughts sound like when you're on a 1-4 and four team. I mean, like, it's a whole brand. It's, you should see the stand. It's just like this little uh, thin post and then it's got like a, a top on it. It almost looks like it would be like a little light on a deck, like on top. And it's got the pit logo on the little light cover thing. And then right on top there, there's the vase, blue vase. What are we doing? If this isn't a sign that your football program's in trouble and you need to seek new leadership, I don't know what is. But that's pretty bad. I'll tell you what was pretty good last night. Besides Connor Bedard, I thought he uh, handled himself very well last night in watching that game. Obviously, uh, the Hawks getting the, uh, the the W there last night. You like to see that on the road. But the Vegas Golden Knights raised their banner, their first championship banner. They used a slot machine type thing, where I think it was Marchesault that that pulled the lever on that thing, and then it, you know hits the jackpot, and then the banner starts rising up to the rafters. At first, I thought this was just a little bit too much, but it's so Vegas. Like, I'll tell you this. A lot of teams, uh, you know, including our local teams as well, you try to find ways to, to brand and bring in the culture of your city and of your fans, right? You look for ways to do that. But I don't think anybody does it as well as the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Have you ever seen the pregame that they do? I mean, they got the Golden Knight kind of comes out. It's a whole laser light show on the ice. Fights the other team's mascot. It's an epic little thing. They put on a full-on Vegas show for that. And then you go to the slot machine. Like, nobody really embraces it 
like the Golden Knights do in all of sports. And I kind of dig it. Is it corny? Yeah, to a degree. And Las Vegas is a pretty unique enough town to where you can do that. I mean, I've seen plenty of teams uh, incorporate aspects of the city in the uniforms, maybe a little bit into the park. They've cultivated traditions. But boy, nobody really ties in what the city is about and, and who's in that city more than the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, I kind of thought about that last night, and at the end of the day, you know what? They made it their own. That city embraces it, and boy, does that city embrace its sports teams. It'll be interesting to see how this goes once they finally get the NBA team, what that's going to look like. But it's amazing to me that like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, we wouldn't have thought about putting major sports teams in Las Vegas. Now they've got two, and they're some of the most fun games to go to. All right, we're back again tomorrow with another round of the Hammer Down Show, 3 o'clock.